Welcome to Disarming Persuasion, the podcast for sales and business leadership professionals. My name is Dave Rosenberg, and I am the founder and principal at Locked On Leadership, a consulting firm with a mission to replace Thank God It's Friday with Thank God It's Monday. With me is my co-host, a man who can literally teach sales with one hand tied behind his back, Darren Cecil. Darren, what are we going to discuss today? Dave, are you sitting down? I I am sitting down, but let me steal your thunder because I can't believe it. Oh my God, it's amazing. Somehow you were actually able to bring a guest today so I could do this ridiculous over-the-top It's amazing. How do you do it? I don't know that you always do whenever I bring a guest. So, Darren, I am just flabbergasted. Tell us about who our guest is. I'm sorry. What was the last thing you said? I didn't hear. I said I'm flabbergasted. Oh, okay. Well, before I introduce our guest, I'm just going to ask our guest a question. If you have to choose between quality or quantity, Shelly, which would you pick? You have to pick one, quality or quantity. Oh, I'm going to go with quality. There you go. I love this woman. There you go. So here's, I want to introduce you, Dave, to our special guest today, Shelly Jorgensen. And she has a wonderful company. She has an international networking company. And the reason why I asked you that question, Shelly, is because is it more important to have many guests or incredibly quality guests? (laughs) Oh, this is hilarious. There's always this much fun in this room. That's my question. (laughs) Definitely the best guests, not bazillions of guests, uh, Dave and Darren, for sure. Okay, great. So now that we've got that out of the way, and Dave's still here, so that's good. Um, Now that we got that out of the way, we always start our podcast with the following question. You know, the name of our podcast is Disarming Persuasion. And the question is, What does disarming persuasion mean to you? All right. This is my cue, huh? It is. We're on. Already for this? Disarming persuasion. What does it mean to me? I've been thinking about this since you invited me to be on the podcast. And I'm really excited to be here with you. Disarming persuasion. Interesting. So a little bit of, you know, why I'm going to answer it this way. So what I do is I gather business owners together so they can connect, collaborate, mentor, open doors for one another, right? Executives from all over the world. Darren is a member of our organization called Executive Networking Events. So my definition is going to come from that heart base. So disarming persuasion to me means that moment of service, that moment of opportunity to help. Um, and I'm going to go into this with a bit of a story. So we'll wait for that here because it's going to, it's, it's going to unfold in a little different way than you think. Maybe some think, well, networking, that's kind of a dry thing. That's not that fun to talk about, but wait till you hear uh, the way we do it different. And, um, the story I'm going to fill you in on is going to present it from a whole different side of, of a thought process than I think you're ready for boys. Wow. So I, I want to congratulate you, Shelly, because you just actually introduced to us and our listeners a uh, persuasion technique. And, and let me be clear, when I say technique, I'm not talking about manipulation, but it's a it's a wonderful persuasion technique 
that I had never even considered bringing up here. And that's the open loop. And I love that, right? <laughs> Give us a little teaser, a little foreshadowing. Those of us going back to high school when we woke up in, in English class um, and, and, and learned about foreshadowing. I actually once wrote a paper on a book that I never read. And I'm like, in the first chapter, the author foreshadowed the end of some BS like that. And I got an A on it and I never read the book. So that's all I remember is foreshadowing, but that's what you just did. Um, I am curious though, because you know, networking is, I think it has a bad connotation thanks to the uh, thousands. And I'm sorry, I'm going to blame insurance agents who go around networking events with handing their business cards out, asking you if you have coverage. Um, how, how did you get into networking? I was looking over your Facebook page and your LinkedIn profile and pretty much as far back as you're willing to go on LinkedIn, you're doing some sort of connection event. Yeah, absolutely. So how did I get into it? Yeah. That's a question. Yeah. It kind of found me, you know, I think I always find, find the best things in life find you, right? Um, when, uh, you go out searching and you think, oh, this is the thing, this is the thing, but sometimes stuff finds you. And that's, that's the most exciting way, uh, to really grow. So story, the story is, is I had a couple of companies that were running. I was also working for Alaska airlines at the time, uh, running a couple side hustles. Um, my husband, uh, is a chemical engineer. We came to Idaho because, in case you didn't know this, they decommission all submarine fuel for the Navy in Idaho. So um, spent nuclear fuel is sent to Idaho to decommission it. And so um, we came to Idaho uh, about 15 years ago, built our dream home, and we got that mortgage going. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I have got to help us. <laughs> we had five little kids at this point, and um I thought 30 years of this, uh, a budget this tight, I don't want to do this, not one bit. So um, our oldest was 12 at that point, and our youngest was two uh, when we built our home. And then within just a few years, I found myself owning my first two businesses. Um, as I did so, I, as I grew a fundraising company. We were, I, I was raised on a farm, um, started swathing hay about 11 years old. Uh, getting under the header and fixing the tool, fixing what broke and uh, began milking cows about uh, my junior year of, of high school when that farm changed from a uh, farm to a dairy. Every high school girl's dream is to get up and milk cows before school and smell like that no matter how you get, <laughs> no matter how many showers you take. But what I learned from my father was, um, you know, the reason that that the farm went from a farm to a dairy is because Mount St. Helens on May 18th, 1980 exploded. It covered our entire farm with ash. And um, the farm was, we were, we were just new to Washington at that point. My parents were right at the cusp of actually making money as farmers. And um, the, um, the crop was ready for harvest. It's a little warmer in Washington than it is in Idaho. We don't harvest here in May, but in Washington you do. So here is all of that alfalfa. It's laying down in the field. Um, now we cannot harvest it and we have ash all over everything, the equipment, um, the farm, everything. Well, 
that one day sent my parents into a bankruptcy that lasted from 1980. And I think in 1986 was finally when it was finalized. I'll never forget the story of my dad and my mom saying this to us. And and to me, I was actually on the tractor with dad one day and he said, Shelly, business is about relationships. And what I learned was that my parents under the, the filing that they had done had no legal opportunity or no legal uh, responsibility to go to their creditors and pay them back. But they knew in the future, they would need the fertilizer guy. They would need the seed guy. They would need the Napa auto parts guy. They would need all of these people back in their court. And so they went to every person that they owed money to and said, we cannot pay you. We're in bankruptcy, but we will pay you. And within five years of the time that my parents um, started the dairy, they had everyone paid back 100%. And I remember standing on the swather with my dad and we're looking and dad says, Shelly, business is about relationships. And I look to the left and to the right and there's no one, there's no people, right? Hundreds of acres of nothing, no neighbors, nothing. And I'm like, dad, there's no one out here. There's who are these people you're talking about? And so that was a formative time for me where I realized how impactful people are to your success. And so as I started growing business and as we built our dream home and I realized I had this 30 year budget ahead of me that I thought, oh my gosh, I've got to help. Well, we started growing a business to help supplement income. Um, One of those uh, businesses was a fundraising company. We were shipping produce from farms to schools and groups and teams and all of these things. At one point we said, we sent, get this guys, we sent 16 loads of dirty Idaho potatoes into the state of Utah to clubs, groups, bands, you name it. Um, They were earning, uh, you know, $10 a bag that they were selling and then we were, we were making money. Well, I, uh, I built that company up and we had people repping for me into schools in other states. And so one of those reps um, uh, had a mutual friend that was starting this thing called the networking group. Honestly, I thought it was an MLM and I deleted the email three times. <laughs> I was like, okay, nope, I'm out. I'm a little busy. Sorry, don't have time for this. And then really, truthfully, what happened was I felt like I should read it. And I think that's, you know, the disarming persuasion that I want to talk about today is the, is really paying attention to that feeling that, that um, prompting, if you will, of, of movement as a business owner. When, when I felt like, Shelly, you need to read that email. I read that email and I opened it and we started an executive networking group group here locally that grew into 120 business owners that would gather in one room. Um, We now have done the math and about $10 million of additional revenue um, was created from those conversations. If business owners can create cash from conversations, that's somewhere I want to be. And that's somewhere I want to uh, spend my time. And so that that group grew uh, to a second group in our capital city. And then five years ago, I decided to open this, my skill set up to the world and see if I could gather business owners globally and give them an opportunity to create conversations 
which create connections, which create currency, right? So that's my story of how that whole, um, you know, why in the world um, would we, would I spend my time in this dry scenario of networking? Well, it's not. If it was dry or boring, Darren would not be involved. I'll tell you that right now. Absolutely. Well, so that's a great story. Thank you for sharing. That's very powerful. I want to ask you a question regarding, so you were in Boise, very successful. Then you decided to take it to the world. So I'm asking this for two reasons. One, we're in every continent but Antarctica. So if you know someone that's going to Antarctica, then we can say everything has been covered. So if you could help us out with that, we would try. I love it. I love it. Okay, that's will work on that. Yeah, please do. I, I have to say, we probably need to have a six month wait, but they're probably prepping for it now because nobody's going to Antarctica right now. That's true. <laughs> but it's but it's something you have to plan for. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. You betcha. Happy to make your dreams come true. And I don't think COVID has impacted Antarctica. So I think you'd be safe. I could be wrong. That's a different conversation for a different day. Well, I believe they're always wearing masks in Antarctica anyway. That's true. So they've got, maybe they were the trendsetter. So my question is, what did you find the differences between when you were starting the networking in Boise versus internationally, as far as, you know, Dave's big in the culture and we're big in the culture. What are some of the differences that you found? You know, it's really funny. We'll have these conversations. So we'll, we gather our business owners uh, for a global event once a month. Right. And then annually we, I rent a castle in Northern Ireland and we have our live events there in Northern Ireland. Um, and I, I find it fascinating. The small things, guys, are what's the most fun. Um, we were having a training. Actually, Darren, it was your training the other day that you were doing. And do you remember when Danny McFerrin, that um, uh, amazing uh, branding mm-hmm. expert out of, of yep. Northern Ireland? Yes. You were, you were talking about, um, you brought up this idea of a, a van pulling up, right? And um, what was uh-huh. that story? And she said, and you said, now you wouldn't want to go jump in that van or they're going to kidnap oh, white you. Van. Yeah. Yeah. The white van. And, and, and Danny was like, is this a problem in America? Do you not right. get in white vans? Like it was this whole hilarious right. conversation. <laughs> so yeah. sometimes it's not the business things as necessary as that's the, the funny stuff. It's, it's a lot of the cultural uh, uh, differences, right? Yeah. It's the words that we use. I, I accidentally find myself saying the word tick the boxes instead of check the boxes because of our Australians will constantly say tick the boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that is consistent, though, amongst business owners worldwide is that you really can find people that are ready to help other people. And that's really what I want to talk about today is that um, is that um, door opening type of a person, that person that's ready to listen to what someone's needs are and to fulfill that need mm-hmm. and to put themselves maybe second instead of putting themselves first. And the growth that happens when you're in a crowd of people with, you know, that uh, a rising tide raises all boats uh, mentality, then, um, then things happen that you would have never, ever, ever expected. Um, that answer your question. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, that, that was phenomenal. Yeah. We had Danny on as a, as a guest a few oh, you did. months ago. Yeah. She was cracking. Um, but we, we were, we were cracking up about, you know, the, the lingo. Crack. Um, yeah. Yeah. On crack. Yeah. 100. 
or 90. I was at 90, I think, was, but I'm 90. Um, it's funny, you were talking about, you know, networking and helping each other because, and I, I didn't really think about this until just now. So the person who ended up selling me the uh, uh, chamber membership, I knew from a networking group that Darren uh, wasn't a member of at that time, but had subsequently joined. So I, my, my networking experience goes back uh, 20 plus years, 1997, when I do the math, I'm too old for to do it without taking my shoes off. But, um, it, you know, I I'd met this woman in that group, we became very good friends as a result of that, because it's all about the relationships. And this was a group that had, at that time, had their 100th anniversary um, here mm. in San Diego. And so, you know, obviously the sustainability of relationships, it, it speaks to that. And it certainly makes the persuasion conversation that much easier when you have somebody you know, like, and trust already yeah. and making an introduction to somebody who you may not know, but, but you know, there's that gravitas, that instant, you know, uh, credibility that, that comes along with it. You know, Darren introduced me to you. You have credibility with me because uh, our, our yeah. kiddings aside, you know, because he puts ours where they don't belong and doesn't say them where they do belong. <laughs> Um, you know, I trust Darren, you know, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't hang out with a guy for over a decade who I didn't trust. I'm not a masochist. Right. So, so that's the power there. Um, but you were going international. There must've yeah. been some real challenges. Not uh, you yeah. know, at first. Yeah. What, what was your biggest challenge and, and how did you overcome it? Yeah. So, you know, what I want all business owners to do is to think about leaving their local market like I did, right? I want business owners to think about, okay, so Shelly used to only have clients from her hometown. Uh, Shelly only used to have, and our hometown is about 60,000 people, right? So we grew to about 120 executives. It's a membership, right? They're paying $300 a month to be a part of this membership. And um, what? here's where I got scared. I'm good at sales. I'm good at marketing. I love that space. And we were going to tap out our own market in a town of 60,000 people. How many business owners at the level that I like to play at are in the room or, or in the city? Right. right? So mm -hmm. is it 250? Is it 350? Is it 150? We were already at 120. Right. And um, I don't know about you guys, but I, I'm sure you're built this way too, but I don't like to be capped. I don't want to, mm -hmm. I don't want a ceiling. I don't want, um, you know, to have a growth um, you know, something stopping us from growing. So truthfully, I was afraid I was going to run out of growth opportunities. So we opened a second city, right? We opened Boise um, uh, to help with that. But then I thought, why, why, what if I drop the borders of my city, my state, my, even my country and reached down around the corner, all the way to Australia or over across the pond into the UK. And what if we could talk to business owners over there? And what if we could, and at this point, honestly, five years ago, when I went into the online space, Zoom was brand new. Like I had to tell people about it. It was, nobody even knew what it was. Now it's so commonplace, right? But, you know, for me to go from standing in front of you in heels to, um, and leading a, a live event with lots of energy and excitement and great connections happening and, and that currency and, you know, all of those things that come from, from really great people um, to, 
making the move five years ago to a flat screen with everyone on mute and you tell a joke, Darren, I know Darren, Darren likes to be funny, but I tell a joke. Wait, I need to interrupt. Likes to be funny or is funny. Could you please clarify that? You no, know, I honestly regretted that the minute it came out of my mouth, Darren, I, I wanted to say Darren is funny, but well, seriously, you know, Darren, when you crack a joke and everyone's on mute, it's the worst experience ever. You know. And, and, and in fairness, fairness, Darren, those are not mutually exclusive. Point well taken. Right. <laughs> would, would you rather like to be funny and be funny, or would you rather not like to be funny, but you are funny? The rabbit holes on this podcast are absolutely a blast. I you love have that. no idea. We have no idea. Please continue. Shelly. Oh, no. So, you know, the the biggest challenge was, you know, how do I find my first client? You know, I knew that if I found one stranger, right, that's the that's the first move. I got to find one stranger. They can't know me. They can't be already a client. They can't be a friend of a client. They can't they can't they can't be any of that. I want to find my first stranger. And then once I found my first stranger, then I thought if I can repeat that process, you know, rinse, wash and repeat and find my second, my 10th, you know, stranger, as we grow this, then I know that my client acquisition process is, is solid and, and good. So thankfully, Darren was a stranger, right? Darren found us cold out of nowhere. And now that happens to us every single day. So, so I actually have a follow-up because that's, that's really interesting. I would have expected, and I'm, I'm not implying that you don't walk the walk, but that you would have leveraged your ability to network to create a bigger network. But what I just heard you say is you actually said, you know, I'm not going to go that direction. And so you, you went out and looked intentionally for strangers who didn't have an existing relationship with a client. So that actually increased the persuasion challenge. Right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. We, yeah. Okay. So um, the company that I was building, I didn't own. Right. So I was a contractor for that company. And so, you know, being a, try to be a hundred percent honest person in the world. Right. So I needed to go create from scratch. You know, I knew now this company had showed me my new skill set, and that's collecting cool people, right? Collecting amazing people into one space. So as I grew that company, I just barely stepped down as president just a year ago of that company, right? Uh, to go all in on uh, my global product. So when, um, when, I, when I started this idea, I presented it to them first and said, hey, guys, I think we can do this globally. And they're like, nah, I don't want to do that. You go do that, Shelly. You go try that out. So then I did. And so I did have to start from zero. Okay. So you, you were starting on your own business at that time. That makes sense. So, so yeah. again, I, I need to circle back to my earlier question. Obviously, the fact that you're dealing with uh, strangers is in and of itself a, a persuasion challenge. Yeah. But, but how did you resolve it? What was your technique to get people persuaded that this new networking organization yep. that didn't exist was actually the place for them to be instead of one of the many, and I won't name them, but you know, Darren and I have both been members of several yeah. other ones that are well-established. Yeah. 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 I love them. Uh, the owner, uh, let's just name them. So the, the actual, the owner of BNI for the entire country of Northern Ireland is a member of our group. Wow. Wait a second. 
the executive director for BNI <laughs> is a member Sorry, Dave's of Dave's a big BNI guy. I need, I just needed to laugh for that. Well, I mean, it's great. I mean, I've met, I've met Ivan Meisner, Dr. Meisner, you know, I, I've been, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I, I left my BNI chapter because I can no longer give back. Right. It wasn't a question of the value received. It was actually unable to be the giver part of giver's game, you know, which is uh, their philosophy. And so I, I thought it was to, to, to have integrity. I, I couldn't renew, but I'm, I'm a huge believer in organizations like that. Um, we were, Darren and I both were an executives association of San Diego, which I know was also in many cities around the country. Um, so once again, my question, I got to, I got to keep feeding it because our, our listeners want to know, right? They're, sure. they're faced with that problem. They're starting their own businesses or their I love own it. business. I can absolutely answer that. Let me, let me just, let me just help you understand a little bit more of who is in the group also to help answer this question. So, um, so yes, the owner of BNI for the entire country of Northern Ireland is a member of our group. Also members of our group are, um, uh, there's a gentleman named Mark Reynolds who, uh, his clients are countries, his first um, country that he uh, consulted back in the 80s after speaking at the White House was um, Samoa. And um, uh, other incredible people that are in our group. Um, one of my earliest members was, uh, her name is Karen McDermott. Uh, she owns five publishing presses currently. She's publishing for the Duchess of York. Um, and has uh, this family of six. She's got six kids. We actually rented the castle together for our first um, networking event in Ireland. Uh, she's from Ireland, lives in Australia. Um, our, some of our other members, uh, really fun. We have a, a, a really great success story that just happened yesterday, actually. And that was, uh, there's a wedding planner out of London. She does luxury weddings um, in London. And um, when she joined, I said, Hey, London, why don't you get out of London? What if you could serve the world? Um, let's, uh, let's build a product that you that can help you. She's on her second international client now at 5k a client. So, um, really, really exciting to see her get her second American client and, uh, and those good things. So let's go back to your question. How in the heck did Shelly find strangers and how did she talk them into, um, uh, being a part of this high-end exclusive group. Someone the other day called me a pioneer in this area of creating global communities. Um, and um, how I did it is first thing I did was figure out where my audience is. And I think that's the first question everybody has to ask yourself is, where's your audience? You did your research on me on uh, Facebook and LinkedIn. When, um, when I was leading these executive events live, standing in front of them at our local event, I asked the simple question. I said, all right, fancy people in this room. What, where are you on social media? Where do you hang out? And it was a dead split between Facebook and LinkedIn. And because of that little ask, that little question that I asked, and then I knew, okay, all of them, they are my ideal clients. You two in this call, you are my ideal clients, right? Darren is a client of mine. So um, I had to know where they are. So I could either go LinkedIn or I could go Facebook. The problem that most people do is they choose everything. I decided to go all in on one social media and I'll probably surprise you what I chose. I did not choose LinkedIn. I chose Facebook. You have to weigh out the, the, the skill sets of each. 
So here I had my market research showed me that my two clients were in two places. I knew they weren't in Instagram. They're over 40, right? They're, they're, they might dabble in Instagram a little bit. Uh, they may play on TikTok a little bit. Who knows? Uh, maybe they're in Snapchat. Who knows? Whatever. But what I knew is I had to choose. So I chose Facebook. And the reason I chose Facebook to find my strangers was because of this one um, um, highly invested in um, portion of Facebook um, called groups. Now, groups are communities inside of Facebook. Um, they are like-minded um, ideas that happen inside of this group. If you think back, uh, not this Super Bowl, but a year ago, it was, I believe, pre-COVID Super Bowl. So I think it was, yeah, 2020's Super Bowl. There was a commercial on the Super Bowl called uh, that Facebook put out there called Do You Kazoo? And it was a commercial about Facebook groups. Facebook was promoting their new favorite toy, and it was a group. This idea of creating a like-minded uh, community um, around an idea, right? So yours, your Facebook group could be about disarming persuasion, right? What were those yeah, ideas that you would talk in there? Maybe you want to go into the sales side of things instead, but you create a Facebook group around this idea. Um, we've always had horses at our house. I, I, right now, I do not have a horse at my house. My last, uh, my, I lost my, my best friend last year, actually, my, my horse died. But um, when um, I was scrolling through Facebook the other day and a suggested group came up, and this is like almost as funny as the Kazoo Facebook group. Um, the group's, um, topic was, um, equine colors. That's it. That's all they want to talk about in there is the genetic coloring of horses. That's it. So if there can be a Facebook group that's so pointed as Facebook wanting to spend millions of dollars on a, on a, on a Super Bowl commercial about you kazooing with your friends in a Facebook group, or these people wanting to, um, talk about colors of horses <laughs> and that's it in this Facebook group, you know, that there's got to be a Facebook group for everything, right? There's got to be. So I went all in about a year ago, building a community of business owners. It's totally free to join it. It's called executive networking events, high-end, um, connections, uh, for executives, right? So I, um, decided my learning needed to be, how do I serve my group? Um, and the idea was creating a stage for me to speak on. I was a part of a lot of different platforms that allowed me to speak for them, like a podcast or different um, opportunities that are out there. But I thought last year, I thought, why don't I make my own audience like you guys, right? Let's create my own audience to serve well and to sell to. I, I thought about a podcast but then I thought, no, I think I want the camera aspect of it and went all in on a group. So at this point, uh, a year ago, we had probably around 400, 500 business owners in this Facebook group um, that found us kind of organically. I learned how to, um, how to master the Facebook ad world and drive traffic directly to my group. And that's how Darren found us, right, Darren? So um, weekly, I'm live in that group. So they get to know me. They see me. Um, we do some networking every Tuesday at two o'clock. I host a free networking group. At this point, we're adding um, 
about 700 business owners a month to that group. So we are at 4,600 business owners in that group now and growing every day. Every day we grow by about 30 to 40 business owners. So um, that is how I found my strangers. Nice. Let me ask a question. What's the greatest challenge you had to overcome and how'd you do it? On growing the global business? Yeah. The greatest challenge... Well, I think if you Google what's the biggest struggle of any business, um, uh, in fact, we did just Google this the other day, what's the biggest challenge? It's client acquisition and sales, right? So if you can master that, and I feel like we have now, because now we can start those conversations on a daily basis. My sales team is handed leads that already said yes to our products and services. Every single day we have, you know, if I looked at our numbers yesterday, I think we had 30 seven join the Facebook group yesterday and 17 of them said yes to question three when you enter the Facebook group. And that is, do you want to hear about our upper echelon um, opportunity inside of this group, our membership? And they say yes or no, because I ask them to, I say type yes or no, if you want to hear about it. As soon as they say yes, my sales team is um, touching base with them and beginning the sales process. So until I had a client acquisition process in place, that had to be the absolute biggest challenge. Now we've got it dialed. Now we're, now we're hitting different challenges, right? We're hitting the scalability, right? Because now we're thinking, well, how big does this group get? Shelly doesn't like caps. <laughs> we added eight mm-hmm. new clients in 48 hours last weekend. Um, yeah, so as we grow, it's things like, Hmm. Okay. On the, on the side of receiving and on the product delivery side, you know, when we built this, I said, okay, I want to build an organization that has the same quality, whether we have one member a month join us or we have 20, right. They're get that Darren that joins us. And hopefully Darren will say, yes, the quality has been great that everyone feels like an individual, not a part of the crowd. Great. Absolutely. So Dave, you can see I bring quality. Is there one last question you'd like to ask before we let um, Shelly give any ways to get a hold of her? Uh, actually, I will concede that you bring quality. Absolutely. As I believe I brought quality as well. I've just brought more of them. <laughs> Scoreboard. You're right. Scoreboard. Well done. So yeah, Shelly, I, I guess my my final question to you would be actually what final piece of advice would you give to our listeners who are perhaps looking at saying, all right, how do I, um, you know, and again, it, it's persuasion. How do I persuade more people to either do business with me or or work with me within my business so I can scale Yeah. The first thing is visibility, right? They won't know that they need your services until they get to know you. Right. And, and it's such a different culture now, you know, back in the day when, when we were kids, right, we would sit and watch commercials on TV and everyone in the room would see the same commercial. My dad would be in the room, my mom, me, my little sister, everyone, we'd all see the same commercial. Right. 
Now we live in a very, very different world where I can send an ad directly into Dave's feed. I can send an ad directly into Darren's feed, right? And because of that, um, the visibility factor is everything, is everything. So how are you being seen is the question I would ask your viewers. Have you, you know, what, where are your clients? You know, how are you serving them? How are you showing up to serve them? Every single Tuesday, I'm live in my free group helping. We connect the world. We ask, what do you do? What connections do you need? How can we help you? Right? And we're asking all of these questions. What's your methodology for, for that? How are you serving? And then people start raising their hand like, Shelly, if this is the free side of stuff, I want to pay because I know that the paid stuff is even bigger and better. And it is. But I think that's the thing I want everybody to think about is where, where's your visibility and how are you doing it? Because you've got to be visible to grow. I love that strategy. It's a Cinnabon strategy, right? Go out into the mall with the little tiny Cinnabons and the smell and let people sample your wares, knowing that if that little tiny piece is so good, how big is that full? Yeah, that's right. You know, that's, a, that's exactly right. And, and funny, I had, a, I had a weird thought as you were talking about watching commercials and being targeted. Because, oh boy, here we go. Well, yeah, hold on. Because I, if we grew up in an era like today, I never would have had to have seen those commercials of women in flowing dresses running down the beach and going, I have no idea what they're talking about. And, uh, you know, talking about um, feminine hygiene products. As oh, yeah. A six-year-old, right? Yeah, yeah. Darren shaking his head going, I cannot believe he just said that. Darren, I wish everyone could see Darren's face right now. Sorry, you're just listening, but Darren's face was epic. (laughs) Yeah, I can't believe he went there. But yeah, I mean, for for years as a kid, I was just puzzled. What is this? Yeah. Now I wish I didn't know. Um, But uh, (laughs) well, before you do that, Dave, there is a, I learned about the difference between boys and girls with the ABC after school special, my mom's having a baby. So if you'd like, I could probably find that for you and you could go through the whole process. You know, I think my uh, transactional analysis tapes have shut off already. So I don't know that. I'm not sure they have. The fact that you brought that commercial up, my hunch is they're still alive. Well, they're playing. They're just not recording anymore. That's my fear. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Shelly, it's been great. You guys need to do your own episodes on occasion. I hope you do. Without any guests in the room, I I am going to go find those and listen in on those. So, (laughs) yeah. Yes, we we do. And um, it's really useful if you... um, actually have an adult beverage with you at the time of listening. So wait till the evening after five, wherever you are, or I guess it's after five somewhere as one famous uh, country singer once said. So, you know, you know, um, you know, that is another funny thing we should talk about, about an international audience. So here we'll be on screen um, at our event and you'll have our Australians that are like, it's 5 a.m. They got their coffee. And then we got our, you know, us in the U.S. and we're we're all full tilt. It's afternoon here. And then we got our those in the U.K. They got the red wine on the, you know, it's like the whole day inside of our events. It's pretty funny, but yeah. Well, you know, we could almost go into the whole quantum entanglement thing. Everything exists at once, right? Oh, exactly. Exactly. Well, on the, on that note, you air, you die, you. I mean, come on now. 
How about we ask Shelly how people can get a hold of her before you oh, get too before you get too pedantic on me? Darren's I favorite words. <laughs> so funny. I'll give you a link, guys, at, um, for your show notes if you wish that people can just Perfect. click on. But Executive Networking Events Facebook group inside of Facebook, uh, just pop in there and join us. And if we like you, we'll let you in. <laughs> just kidding. We, we usually let everyone but the scammers in. What's the criteria is not that hard, Dave. I'm in. So, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, that's and great. And what, we, we will put that in the show notes. So send that on. Yeah. I'll do it. What Darren's a part of is our paid, paid side of things. We call this the inner circle. So inside the inner circle, we have uh, themed um, opportunities. One of them is speaking opportunities for you as business owners where I'm spending about six to seven grand a month growing my followers. Um, I, that is one of my, you know, big um, pillars is giving you visibility as my members. So Darren has been a speaker. He will be again here in a little bit, but as we, um, you know, and that's kind of next level networking, right? When you, when I fill a room for people, for you to speak to, right? So um, we have executive training. Darren's been one of our executive trainers. That happens the first week of every month. Second week of the month is what we call our hot seat week. That's a small group opportunity where you're given the microphone opportunity for you to um, share what is going on in your business and what your needs are. And that's really where the the group goes to work to help and serve. Mm -hmm. We also have what's called a million dollar think tank. You can think of like shark tank, but without investors, it's insights. We actually have created a millionaire in an hour together. Um, uh, kind of funny to say, but she messaged me about in the fall last year and said, Shelly, do you remember that call? And I said, oh yeah. She's like, Shelly, that's now a seven figure company. And I was featured in Forbes and on the cover of Entrepreneur Magazine. Thank you. You know, and so we, we renamed that call to the million dollar think tank and it's been absolutely incredible. And then we have our global events that are all virtual, um, that happen on the fourth week of every month. So, um, it's pretty Pretty in-depth membership, definitely different than um, just handing off a business card. It's uh, us growing business and scaling together. Well, it sounds like it's really, you've created your own model. And, you know, that's one of the other things I think that uh, uh, people can think about when they're talking about the persuasion, which is differentiation and what's our real value, not just our value proposition, but what sets us apart? What's our unique selling proposition is the trite term for it, but I kind of hate it because it it gets overused, but what niche do we serve and how do we do it differently and distinctly so that we're not in competition? Why why is it BNI of uh, Ireland is because you're really not in competition, although you're both um, networking organizations, you're really serving two completely different needs. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Well, you've been great guest, Shelly. Aaron, great job. As always, when you bring a guest, it all you always knock it out of the park. And all kidding aside, I, I, I really appreciate your discrimination and who you bring. <laughs> <laughs> My pleasure, Dave. Great seeing you again. Thanks again, Shelly, for being part of it. You're and welcome. have Thanks, guys. a great day. All, all right. right. Bye, everyone. Thank you, guys. Take care. That concludes another episode of Disarming Persuasion. My name's Dave Rosenberg. And this is Darren Cecil. Visit our websites at LockedOnLeadership.com or DarrenCecil.com.
follow us on social media. You can find the links in the show notes. Remember, if they fail to make a decision, you failed to disarm them.